What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio, transmitting from the future free state of Greater Idaho. I am the one-armed madman, and with me today, we've got Bob Lamette. He's a he's a little cat. Look at him over there. <laughs> Thanks for coming right. on, Bob. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad, man. I was kind of hoping when I saw your profile picture that this was actually going to be it. I was like, this should be yeah. fun. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Right on. So uh, yeah. how 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 we doing? Why, why the cat? Uh, you know, it's kind of fun. Uh, I've got, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I identify as a blue cat, so therefore <laughs> I might as well put that out on the internet, don't you think? Yeah, no, I identify as someone with two hands. So anytime someone <laughs> asks me how I lost their hand, I just yell, I just scream bigot at them and then like start throwing <laughs> things. There you go. You're like, hey, what is this? Yeah. Stupid bigot. You're Come right. on. If you can't see handite. Yeah, if you can't see my left hand, that is your problem, not mine. There you go. <laughs> well, unfortunately your body probably still thinks it's there. So. It does, actually, and that yeah. really sucks. Like, oh it does, I'm sure. Dude, they do not like prepare you at all for phantom limb pain. Like, I don't think yeah. so. Like when I hurt my hand, I uh didn't lose it right away. It was kind of like turned into a claw. Like the guy on Scary Movie, take my strong yeah, hand. Yeah. I had the strong <laughs> hand going on. And um, I tried to like rehab it for about a year because nerves take there a long go. time to regenerate. Try. Yeah, ex- yeah, you got to try. So after like a year or so, I kept injuring it. Like I would, I, the last draw was I was reeling in the hose and I was kind of like guiding the hose in. And I looked mm-hmm. down and my hand was just melted and it was like, oh, well, that's, that's not good. We can't keep doing this. So they <laughs> no, like, that's terrible. Yeah. So they cut it off. And, uh, like, I don't remember any doctor being like, all right, now you're going to have some pain after this, or, you know, you might yeah. have some pain. They just don't even tell you about it. And, uh, that's you know, terrible. you think that that would be like the first thing you think they'd say, they'd be like, you know, guess what? Those fingers are still there, but you're just not going to see them. I mean, you're going to feel them because right. all those nerve endings are still uh, running up to your brain. It's wild. And they, um, they like, they love to cut. Doctors just love to cut. Yeah, I think like as soon as, them. as soon as they get the, oh, like we can cut something. I think they just get all fired up and want to start cutting. It's like, that's oh been gosh. essentially the answer for everything. It's like, yeah, well, we could try a couple of these medications that might help with the pain or, or we can cut you open again. <laughs> or, we could, or I'm free on Tuesday if you don't mind getting sliced up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then, then they went for my neck. It was like, well, we can't really figure out how to make your hand stop hurting. So why don't we dig into your neck and your back? Oh, yeah, we can, uh, see if we can cut. We'll look. Uh, we'll trace those nerves back to the to the uh, source there. Yeah, exactly. Them off. Yeah. So they oh, gave me this this spinal cord stimulator that. Oh boy, this is it's just been a nightmare. Anyways, is it an electric electrical thing that they they put on your back or like uh, these little electrical pulses or? So it's in my back. So it's like a little pager essentially that they mounted okay. into my lower back, and then they ran electrical leads like up my spinal column into the back of my mm-hmm. neck. So they kind of are able to deliver electrical shock to my nervous right. system and kind in the area where like 
the yeah, nerves go to your hand. Be. So they're able to kind of yeah. get it in there and they'll, you know, shoot a little bit of electricity into it or a lot of electricity, however much I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, Saturday it works night, all right. Let's crank it up to 11. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the beginning, like they, uh, they had, um, they had it in wrong and I had it cranked up to like 35 <laughs> so, and they, oh well, you know what? Your anatomy's bad. So let's cut I you guess. open again and, and fix it. <laughs> There's nothing this scalpel can't do, son. Exactly. Oh man, I, I, they can't wait to be able to get the um, laser stuff in there. They, they all oh, love lasers. Yeah. They, oh man, someday we're gonna be able to get in here with lasers and really do right. some work to you. We'll, we'll run it up your leg and I'll go all the way to your back. Right. Yeah. No kidding. No, that's wild. But uh, hey, I'm well. First of all, I'm sorry that your hand got messed up and then you're having to go through all this, but I do, uh, I, I'm familiar. I'll put it that way. I don't have, I still have uh, my hand, but I'm familiar with other folks who are missing uh, various parts and they tell me about it. So that's why I thought I'd ask. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, there's no stat in this country that is more telling of like the state of the people in our country then when you look up how many hand amputees there are versus how many leg amputees, it's like, mm -hmm. I, I want to say it's like 20,000 hand amputees and then like mm -hmm. 200,000 leg amputees, you know? Right. And it's just yeah. all because of diabetes. Like these people just get diabetes and, and they just start hacking their feet off, you know? <laughs> well, you can't feel it anyway. We might as well just take it out of there. Right. So. Oh man. Well, that's terrible. That's terrible. Well, tell so, me about you. I feel like I'm on your podcast right now. I'm, I'm, oh, that's I'm okay. blabbering about I'm, myself. I'm curious. Over here. <laughs> <laughs> I read your I read your name over here on the uh, thing here. This is one arm madman, and I was like, "Hey, he really is. He's he's not got anything on the other side there." A little yeah, bit. yeah. I, uh, I uh, I'm an Ozzy Osbourne fan and uh, Diary of a of a of a Madman. You know, great right. album. And I yeah. started doing like a, yeah. And I started doing like a, a blog a while back before I, before I did the podcast. Cause you sit around and like, I was injured for a while. So I'm like sitting around the house doing nothing and just like wanting to air out my grievances about the world and sure. with nobody around. So I did like the blog thing and uh, yeah. I, I titled it diary of a one-armed madman kind of after oh, okay. the, the Ozzy Osbourne things. That's kind of how I, was that saying, I hope Ozzy didn't about. bite your hand off, but uh, he's he's known to bite things randomly. So and and in his, in his past. Yeah, and and actually I have a dog named Ozzy and he bites me all the freaking time. So <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> so he's still biting things. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, that's wild. That's that's just wild. And, you know, I I hope obviously you're getting along just fine yeah i see uh you got uh a two-wheel uh vehicular device behind you there i do i've got my buell back here this was my uh yeah. i bought this bad boy i was living in san francisco and uh i was a dirt bike racer growing up and finally i got sick of riding the bus and it, taxis are too expensive so i bought this this street legal dirt bike and I started screaming yeah. around town and I was just having a blast. I run in from oh, yeah. cops in the park in the middle of the night after I get <laughs> off of work, just raising hell. And, uh, finally I kept like 
running it out of gas on the freeway because it didn't have a fuel gauge on it. And I would just forget how much fuel was in it. So I'd run this thing out of fuel on the freeway and I'm like reaching down, trying to grab at the petcock to put it into, into reserve. And I just couldn't do it. And after I finally died on the freeway for the third or fourth time, I was like, I'm just going to buy a a bike that's meant to go on the road. That's probably what I should do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you had, you'd had to do stop and do the, uh, pop the cap off and do the jiggle. See if you can tell how, how much gas you got left in the tank or hit it or something. Yeah. Luckily I had a reserve. Otherwise that'd have been completely screwed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure on the highway, it's kind of, uh, a little bit daunting to run out of gas and have to coast over to the side with everybody swooshing by you. Especially if you're in the left lane. Like I I would run in the left lane too. So it's like, holy shit, I either got to stay in this little, you know, two foot lane between me and the wall, or I got to make my way over to the right lane. (laughs) That's wild. That's wild. I I don't think I would want to ride anything on two wheels out on the highway, to be honest with you. So, you know, but you you say that now, but when you start piling onto the bus at five o'clock in the morning and like random Chinese people are sitting on your lap because that's just what they do in China, <laughs> then you go, Hey, you know what? Maybe a dirt bike wouldn't suck so bad. Yeah, Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have so much. I don't really need a bus lap dance. So uh, if I got a motorcycle, I could avoid some of these unwanted bus lap dances. Yeah. The first time that happened to me, I was just like, what the hell is going on right now? Uh, yeah, I can imagine. That's pretty wild. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to ride the bus period, but, uh, yeah. So yeah, I guess you're right. Then maybe I'd get a little more courage and I'd be like, yeah, this isn't so bad. Yeah. And the the car is just so difficult there because like you got to find parking, which is a nightmare. So it's like, I'm parking my car a half a mile away from where I live and you got to just like yank everything out of the car essentially like the the, right. the neighborhood i was living in you can't leave anything in the car so you just take everything out of it and leave the windows down all the time and you, oh, you're gonna bust the window out yeah because otherwise people just bust your window out they're so stupid and lazy that they won't even check <laughs> to see if you left it unlocked and they'll just bust the window out so that, but then you get on the flip side now you get homeless people sleeping in it right they, they, they're like hey this is a nice place to sit down for a while yeah okay. yeah yeah what was that, that movie dirty chuck recline. and the boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So now you're getting, uh, you're getting, you know, dirty genitals all over your upholstery. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just a nightmare. That city is so wild. Like I, I lived there. I guess it was. Uh, I think I left in twenty, late twenty fourteen, early twenty fifteen, and then within mm-hmm. like a couple of years, it was all over the news that like San Francisco is this dirty, disgusting city. And right, I'm like, yeah, where have y'all been? Similar. Like, it was dirty and disgusting when I was there five years. You know, now it's been a while, <laughs> but like, it was a nightmare then. I, I can't believe I had a guy, I had a homeless guy living on the side of my house at one point, And he was doing cans at like five o'clock in the morning. He was gathering up all his cans and smashing oh, his cans right, yeah. and like transferring them from bag to bag and doing all that shit. And I'm like yelling and screaming at this guy. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And he's, you know, screaming back, fuck you. I can live here if I want. And I'm dealing with these cans, man. Yeah, exactly. I got these cans, man. And uh, I start spraying the hose at him and he just moved a little way. So I couldn't get him with the hose anymore. And I, I finally, I was like, I got to like call somebody. This is crazy. Like this is, 
a week now that this yeah, guy's been waking me up at five o'clock in the morning. And uh, when he said, I can live here if I want, he was not lying because I yeah. called every number you can think of and nobody cared. Like it all went straight to voicemail and it was just, yeah, leave yeah. a message here and we'll get back to you if we feel like yeah. it. <laughs> so we're, I finally. We're out, we're out smashing cans right now. We'll be back to you when we can. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was probably more like, hey, we're outside handing out needles, syringes right now. We'll we'll get back to you. <laughs> so I took yeah, it into my own hands syringe. and I got a bottle of syrup and I poured syrup all over his sleeping bag. And that was the last I saw. Oh, him. my gosh. Well, you never know. He may just sat there and sucked on his sleeping bag for a couple of days. <laughs> Get some sugar in him. You may, it may have been like a treat. You know, the funny thing was, is after he finally left, his buddies were coming over and knocking on my door, asking where he was. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is his address. Yeah, man, uh, he lived right here. What's going on, man? 5146, uh, you know, West Street outside. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> why. And, and San Francisco is really not that warm. I mean, no. it's not. Cold, but it's not warm all times so. no and it's always wet it's always wet and foggy yeah. and nasty you get a little bit of nice weather in like september october but aside from that yeah, yeah like you don't want to live there i lived out in the the outer sunset at one point like i could see the ocean from the bedroom that i was renting mm-hmm. and you can see the ocean if there's no cloud if there's no fog but you know, right. most of the time there's fog, so you can't see the right. ocean. So it's like one of these deals where you're paying extra for an ocean view that you don't even really have. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, if you want, you got to pay extra. If you have some binoculars, you can see the ocean from this window. Yeah. If you're lucky, you might be able to spot a chicken in a bikini every three weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with the binoculars. That's part of the rent. Yeah. But you gotta, exactly. You got to leave them when you when you vacate. You got to leave the binoculars. And it also came with a naked hippie in the backyard because that's who owned the house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's great. So yeah. He, every morning he'd go out and stand, you know, spread oh, eagle and stare up well, at the you, sun for 15 minutes naked. I was say, well, he's getting all his vitamin D uh, processing going there, I think. so. He's healthier. You know, he, he's in his 70s. He's probably still healthier than I am at this point. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> all that you know ben franklin used to sit around naked every morning so oh interesting if he, if he could do it uh i suppose anybody could right he's a yeah. founding father so yeah that's a- yeah it was called um what they say air bath oh interesting oh yeah because like an air bath and mm. you just sit around naked mm. and i think he also was a, a bit of a pervert but people don't talk about that too much well, they were uh, kind of all a bit of a pervert. <laughs> I mean, what? How do you even like measure what a pervert was back then? It's just I, like, yeah, you know, sitting around naked's a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that I would give us a, a little more than that. <laughs> I, I've always considered like where I would go and what I would do if I had a time machine, and it just mm-hmm. seems like it would all smell so bad. That it would just, you know what I mean? <laughs> You'd have like, to get used to that, yeah. Yeah, it would just all smell. Like, actually, I think, like, maybe even the tropical islands might be a little better than Europe because at least you could be, like, warm enough to bathe in the water every day. But Europe yeah, must have I just been true, disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where they put all that perfume and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They used to douse themselves with perfume, apparently, so... 
and for lack of uh, hygiene or you know washing themselves hygiene. So well, and they just had horrible food back then too. Like I- I've read that the reason they were called like the little people, like, you know, the elites would, Oh, the little people, the reason they were called the little people is because they were actually smaller than the elites. They stood like a whole head shorter. And it was because their diet was so poor. Like they didn't have any meat in their diet at all. So they were just eating garbage and, you know, drinking water with bacteria in it. And, you know, you can't afford booze back then you're getting dirty water. So it's like, yeah, you know, Yeah, so I actually, yeah, the little people is actually a deal where the elites were a full head taller than everybody else just because they had like meat and dairy and shit. Yeah, they had a more varied diet, I suppose. Uh, A more nutritious, varied diet. Yeah, right. And and we should not not, um, see anything weird about the elites trying to keep us from eating meat at this point. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And now they want you not to eat meat, right? So yeah, exactly. They they want to go back to a better about. time where they, not only were yeah. we dumber than them, but we were physically smaller. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you got too many too many people eat too much meat, and they're getting all bulked up from all the uh, the hormones they're putting in the cows or something. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I think if I had a time machine, where would I go? That's a good question. I never really. I mean, I guess I've pondered it a little bit. Because you, the first thing you always say is, "I'm going to go basically and build a fortune in the past that will come with me to the future." Um, but I suppose if you had a time machine, you really, you know, that kind of thought doesn't make sense because you could just go wherever you wanted. You could run up a big bill, yeah, and then just split. You don't need any money. You yeah, just have, have credit. But even if you did have, like, even if you could only go one place and have to stay there, like, you'd be so much smarter mm-hmm. than everybody. It would just be easy to be rich. You think? I think so. I because, well, it would depend because you'd have to like be able to. Mm, it's different, I guess, for different people. Like I'm a physical guy. I can build stuff. Well, I used to be able to. But like, if I had two hands, like I think I could do some blacksmithing or something like that and probably make some metal a little bit better than the guy. But again, like these people had so much experience and learning how to do things that maybe I couldn't figure something like that out. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You I, know, I, so. Yeah, if you had a one-way time machine, which where would you would you go back or forward? That's a tough question. That's a real tough question. I don't know. I probably would want to go forward myself, but uh, that's just uh, just at the moment. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I would always I would be a forward, forward guy too. Yeah. Like I want to see what's going to happen, forward. but then you also run the risk of like. Hey, let's go 300 years into the future. And yeah, there's just nothing there. Yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh oh. You'll be like, oh, well. What did I do? Now I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, the, I'm the only person here because everybody else blew up. I think I'd have to go back and see how the pyramids were built. I, I think that's got to be the move. Like, but then again, you don't know when to go back. It's like, hey, time machine, figure out maybe, when these yeah, things maybe. were built. Like, who knows how old these things are at this point? You'll like, I don't pop buy up, that. and then yeah, it's true. You'll pop in, and they'll be like, oh, hey, that guy, he can build a pyramid. We'll put him to work. That's that's to- <laughs> that's interesting. That's the para- There's there's an interesting. It's called a bootstrap paradox. So I I read about this once. Right. So. Say that you're the biggest Mozart or Beethoven fan in the world, 
and you go, I'm going to go back and watch him write his music. And you bring a book with all of his music in it, just so you can kind of have it as a reference right, while you're yeah, back there. Goes, right? yeah. And you get back to the year that he's born, and there's nobody of that name. And you keep going into the future. And there's still nobody of that name. Mm-hmm. And finally, you go, well, hell, I'm just going to go home. And you throw the book onto a counter in a bar, and you take off. And then you get home and, <laughs> hey, there's a Beethoven. It's like, well, who who actually wrote the music yeah, well, at that point? Did anybody write the music? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, did you see there's a movie called Yesterday? Um, it's not. It's kind of like that where this guy, the Beatles never happened, and then he basically knew all the, he's the only person that remembers all the songs, and so he starts singing them, and then he becomes famous for these songs that the Beatles wrote. Um and uh, becomes famous and so forth. It's as if the Beatles didn't happen, but he knew all of this. And so he became the, uh, the writer of all this music. So it's just kind of, it's kind of an interesting movie. If you've never uh, seen it. I think I've heard of it before. I don't think I've seen it before. There's another cool one that I saw a couple of years ago. It's called, I think it's called the secret history of time travel. And it's like a mock, okay. it's kind of like a mockumentary. So they're like doing a, a documentary about time travel and like who invented time travel. But like as the documentary goes, things start getting weird and changing because of like the mm-hmm. way the time machine would change time. So like oh, by the okay. end, the Soviets were the first people on the moon and just like all oh, this yeah. weird stuff. And it was a really interesting like mind bender. I, I love thinking about stuff like that. Like what? How could we screw with time so much? And yeah, that that's a fun one. I really enjoyed that one. I'm writing this down. Yeah, yeah. The history of time travel. I think it might even be the secret history of time travel because, you know. I'll take a look and see if I can find that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it no, it's one. always fun to do these thought experiments and see what, what would change, what wouldn't change, what would, you know, what would happen. I think um, there was a, a thing I read recently uh, and it, it's actually a, something that goes back a bit because he's dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, oh no, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Dang it! Here I had it in my mind, and then of course somebody time traveled and knocked it right out. Now he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but uh, the the guy who and you, maybe you can help me here. So the guy in the wheelchair who's uh, wrote uh, all the books about wormholes. And oh yeah, uh, Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. So Stephen Hawking. How could says, you forget my name? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Stephen Hawking had written that uh, obviously there's no there is no, no time travel in the future because we haven't met any time travelers. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the. Um, but I don't know. Don't you think they would uh, not be so obvious? I mean, wouldn't it be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, more more than likely, uh, they have uh, the ability to fabricate pretty much anything, and so just like in the in the shows, they'd fabricate the clothing and the money and and the identification and everything they needed to be here at a certain time, and then um, that way they wouldn't stick out. Uh, I would think. So I, I don't. So there you go. I don't agree with Stephen Hawking. Yeah, He's, I don't either. Uh, obviously, a genius uh, of some sort here, but. Uh, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, maybe he's off on this one. I think they would be, they could be here and we just would never know because they wouldn't, uh, reveal themselves, you know? Yeah. So. Or like as time changes, it, it might just be like, say you've got a history book and mm-hmm. we are all part of the history book cause we're in it. 
and you go to, you know, somewhere forward or even somewhere back and you change something, it may change something further back depending on how time works. If, you know, when you change something, does it branch off and do a separate timeline or do you get, you know, a a parallel type of thing where things are just Mm -hmm. subtly different up to a point and then it goes back to being the same again if they were subtly changing things and it was like affecting the past as well as the future, we'd have no idea they were changing anything. It would just be like waking up one day and everything's different. I think that's kind of where like that, um, it's not the Streisand effect. I don't know the, the Mandela effect where, where you kind of wake up and and you go, Whoa, wait a minute. This cereal was named something different. Uh, Mandela died (laughs) in prison. Like, yeah. And, and maybe you're the only person who even knows about it because of some yeah. weird thing with time. Yeah, I, I I like that type of stuff because I I like to look at something every once in a while and go, hmm, like if I was in charge, how would I how would I do this? How would I how would I change this? How would I mess with this to where you know people would be happy with it and and still it would benefit me. And that, that, that kind of starts to get really creepy when you do that type yeah, of stuff. That's, but uh, I'm pr- pretty sure that's what everybody goes around doing. How can this benefit me? Right. And, you know, but then I, there's I, always... The, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just, the branching timelines always get me. So if you think about branching timelines, right? So you don't... I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say, right? So each one of these, just in this conversation alone we will have produced thousands, if not tens of thousands of timelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can take that and, and calculate it out to even just all the people, now you're into the trillions and trillions of timelines just in this hour or so. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you extend that to all the creatures, then you get, you know, even more. And then if you extend it to all the insects, you get even more. And so it becomes so, so crazy um with uh branches that i mean it cannot be it literally i mean can it i mean can it really branch that much i mean we're just talking over the course of an hour you could have yeah billions upon billions upon trillions upon trillions of timelines being branched because you know an ant took a left instead of a right with everybody else um and so then that Comes almost uh, at odds with the idea of branching, don't you think? Yeah, and then how do we even like conceptualize something like that as people who really have (laughs) no like grasp on numbers like that? Like Mm -hmm. the average person has no grasp on like what a million actually looks like, like a million dollars or a million (laughs) bugs. Like it's such a large number that we can't even wrap Mm -hmm. our minds around it. Like I remember at one point I was. I was at this um, eclipse and we were looking through a solar, a solar uh, telescope at this eclipse. And mm-hmm. the guy there was like a, he worked for NASA or something. I don't know. He was smart. And he's showing us like, here, look, you can see these little, these little loops here on the outside are solar flares. And we're like, oh, that's freaking mm-hmm. cool. And then he goes, our earth, you could fit like 40 of our earths into one of those little, little arches. And oh, it's like one of the one of the flares. Right? Yeah, and it's like, hold on a second. Like, <laughs> I I can't like I can't conceptualize that at all. 
Like, I can't even really conceptualize the size of the Earth like an astronaut can from seeing a, if if they're not actors, you know. But uh, right. like, <laughs> oh, you're gonna get into the the conspiracy of the movie. Yeah, yeah, right. But you know, if there is really infinite timelines in this multiverse, good luck mm-hmm. ever trying to like lasso that somehow to you know right. use it, as an end. Like, tr- good luck trying to to steer that. <laughs> Well, and maybe that's the answer to Hawking's question is the reason there's no time travelers is because uh, the chance, the chances of them being enough of them to hit every timeline at a certain point mm. is infinitesimal. That's so a good point. They, if you, if you go with the logic that there are all these timelines, then you'd have to have, you know, so many more uh, people to hit one of those timelines. So the chances of them hitting your timeline is, is, is infinitesimal. Yeah. That, um, that makes a lot of sense. If it's branching so much, then they, they, you're right. Like we're, yeah, there's only right. so many airports. Right. right. <laughs> right. It, it, land in. If they do hit one, it branches. And so therefore you get, it gets lost again. So it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's almost like trying to find a particular grain of sand on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. You'll Good never, luck. You'll throw it back it. out and find it again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. Man. You'll never find it. There's a guy who used to work at MIT. I think his name is David Deutsch and he's a uh, quantum computer expert. And so I don't know how much you know about quantum computers, but they are able to do these crazy amounts of calculations that normal computers can't. And sure. it, it's kind of like a, a an iffy area of like how do they do these these all these calculations? Like uh, there's some explanation for it, and some people are just like, ah, you know. And his explanation <laughs> is once you turn on a quantum computer, not only mm-hmm. is it doing calculations within itself, but it's connected to every version of itself on every version of the timeline. So it's actually calculating across the multiverse. And that's how it's okay. able to do these calculations that would take a normal computer uh, the size of our entire universe to do. So I, I've always thought that's a fascinating theory. It sounds a little science, you know, science fictiony, but it's, yeah, it's still bit. fun, you know. Well, the, the, but that gets to the um, there's a, a a theory that the you know if you think of something in the uh, zeitgeist, right? So that's a, uh, means everybody knows it, but they don't know how they know it necessarily so if it's in the zeitgeist that gets into that so i think that almost is not different timelines but basically there's something that runs through everything that has all the knowledge um that that we can tap into we just have no idea how we tap into it um and that's how people uh, can understand some things uh, even though they have no clue as to where they've learned it yeah. You say, you know, it's part of the zeitgeist. So, I mean, it's all very interesting stuff. It's just kind of, you know, again, one of those, uh, you know, ponderous uh, ponderings that you can do. You're like, oh, let's think about this for a while and see what see what happens with the uh, with all these concepts and so forth. Yeah. But um, you're getting hitting towards conspiracy. I think Mandela is uh, one of those conspiracy theories. Uh uh, even though I don't think it is necessarily, um, you know, kind of p- portrayed that way. But 
you know, if things are changing, then that's a little bit of a conspiracy. If someone knows about it and others don't know about it, then it becomes a bit shady, right? Yeah. So, how do you know about uh, it? Like, why that's do you right. how and do, not how me? Does somebody know about it and other yeah. people don't know about it. Well, that's, that's one of those interesting things where I don't think a lot of folks think about the Mandela effect as any kind of uh, uh, nefarious thing. But, you know, it would make perfect sense for, you know, a government entity to be the one changing the timeline. Yeah. Um, because that's what governments are all about is a certain amount of uh, control in the guise of free will um, because they do it every every day um, as a point of their operation. So yeah, Mandela effect should probably be a, a be classified as a conspiracy and possibly a bigger conspiracy than we know. Yeah. Because maybe they are. Yeah. And that, that maybe was they're uh, changing the Berenstain bears. Right. To Berenstain bears. I don't I don't know why, it, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who knows? It, it's it's wild, right? Uh, I had yeah, something it is that, wild. That that jogged but, my uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's oh, it's it's about. Orwell, right? So Orwell was he who right. controls the past, controls the future. He who controls right. the future, controls mm -hmm. the past, and that's you know, yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal of government is is we need to control the flow of information so we can steer the mm -hmm. masses in the direction that we feel is beneficial to us. Right, exactly. You want everybody kind of in rank and file in order to accomplish some goal that we as the people doing it may or may not understand or know. Yeah. And the best way to do it is to get them to do it to themselves, you know, so right, if you yeah. can get everybody fired up on deindustrializing the planet by, you know, calling it climate change. You know, I heard Elon Musk yesterday say that he has done more for the environment than any person in history. And I'm like, you make an electric <laughs> car, dude. And your electric car is replacing like, high-tolerance, clean-burning gasoline engines that don't really pollute all that much. Like, half of your cars on the East Coast run on coal. Like, they're replacing mm -hmm. cars for coal burners. And it, it's kind of a weird deal because I watch him say that, and I go, oh, he absolutely believes it, that he's, oh, you know. I'm sure he Like, he, he, he fully to. believes it, and he will justify it all up and down and take it to the bank. But it's like... Man, I, I thought that one was wild. I, I, I did more for the environment than anyone in history. And it's like, yeah, you know, well, you know, the, the, uh, they say basically uh, if, uh, in order to get people to believe the biggest lie, you just keep telling you, you tell a lie that's bigger than it that is believable and you tell it enough and then people start believing it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if he wants to maintain that, but the, um, it, it becomes a scale thing, right? So I think uh, I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble here by talking about this, perhaps. But that's okay. Um, the <laughs> the uh, uh, I always say for climate change and everything that uh, we they're making claims. Uh, not that I don't think that in uh, I guess let me phrase it this way: there is no way for us to know that we can change the climate. I mean, I just, there's just it's so vast and so large and so forth that there's probably not any good way for us to measure it right no. and um and then but then on the other hand i think that in pockets right so if you were to look at uh, los angeles for instance let's just take los mm -hmm. angeles there's there's enough pollution there to cause smog and there's an effect right cause and effect for los angeles so obviously in los angeles there's an issue 
because it's more than obvious if you if sure. you've been there or lived there or seen it or watched it on the news. But to say that for the globe is just like Elon Musk saying he's done so much. Now they'll say, well, the temperature of the oceans has risen. You know, we've been monitoring it. But for, you know, like, what, 100 years yeah. at the maximum? Yeah, and, and how great well were your measurements 100, 100 years? years ago? Right, you know? exactly. They have this. Exactly. They have you this. Uh, go ahead. You can't. I mean, that, again, it, that's just as much of a. A statement is Elon Musk for that, and I, I. But that gets to back to this whole idea of government is that government wants to steer the public, but they don't want they don't want to steer the public directly. They want to steer the public indirectly, and so then everybody buy you know a, it splits the group. Some of them buy into it, some of them don't buy into it, and they let them kind of fight it out. But while they're fighting it out they move forward on things in the background and then there's just enough of them yeah. buying it that it all starts moving forward. And I think that's where we're at. Not that I don't think we should do something sure. to clean up things. But yeah. Air pollution is it, bad. It, like it's bad. It, it's right, such an exactly. easy thing to say, be like, yeah, air pollution is bad. We should want to have clean air and everything, but that doesn't mean that you can like just control a thermometer of a planet. You know, that's, like, that's right. And and I mean, to, to be able to control saying, something, you have to be able to measure it, like you were saying, and they can't even right. measure it properly. Like no. the ocean temperature, that's that's iffy because your your measurements 100 years ago were crap. And then right. the measurements they're taking over land are also bad because, again, mm -hmm. like 50, 60 years ago when they were taking these measurements, all the thermometers were at airports and all these airports were out in the middle of fields. With nothing around them. And now they're <laughs> right. in the middle of uh, metropolitan cities and you get this heat island effect. So they're looking, oh right. my God, it's so much hotter. And it's like, well, maybe in the city, right. you know. That, but, yeah, and, it's, and most runways were grass. Yeah, and exactly. Now they're all asphalt and concrete. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, yeah, like you, you said the with the seat. government, they do this through they do this through the universities. Like it starts in the universities. Hey, look, go to the college, be better than than the, you know, dirty construction workers that your parents were <laughs> like, you don't need to do that garbage. Go. Those you can learn these secrets. Right? You know, it's almost like they used to do secret societies back in the day. Now college is like the secret society where you're learning the real things that, you know, you're not supposed to learn that the government doesn't really want you to know. And it's like, well, yeah, that's exactly what they want you to know. You know? Uh, so it, yeah, it, they, they're able to like get people to, to police themselves through like universities and, you know, money, essentially, it all comes down to money, right, yeah, money you know, uh, we're going to fund these universities to give money. us an answer that we like about climate change. You know, here's a million dollars. We oh, want to yeah. know how, how yeah. bad climate change is going to be 20 years from now, not what it's going to be like. Yeah. We want to know how bad it's going to be. Right. Extrapolate that for me. Mm -hmm. We were, the funny thing was if, uh, and I can't remember where I saw this, but, uh, uh, it was back in the seventies. They said we were going to be in an ice age. Yeah, oh yeah. This point. Uh, and I, I've a got a I've got a whole article. I'll send you. I, I archived it in my deal. It's uh, mm -hmm. fifty one years of horrible climate predictions, and you just go through fifty right. years of them. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong. Yeah. So we're not. I mean, you get it right when it happens. That's the the way it works. Yeah. But I, I do think. Um, that it, it would be it's good to be you know good to the environment it's good for people it's good for everybody but um yeah they go about it in such a weird way 
um, I was I was talking to somebody else and I said, okay, so let's let, let's just say um, let's just say that we we want to we want to improve the environment. So see, the, the reality is, I think they say that, but they don't want to do no, it. They just want to control the resources. Right, exactly. It's all a matter of control. And I'm like, so let's say you want to improve the environment. So you have all the mechanisms uh, via, um, you know, uh, federal, state, city, you know, county, all the way down uh, in government to do this. So what you do is you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to make things better with the environment. So, so any new house built, any, brand, any new house built in the country, they have to have uh, so they have to have solar uh, panels yep. enough on their house to power that house. Okay, so that's the rule now. You want to build a new house? Guess what? You're going to have a solar roof. You're going to have solar in your yard. You're going to have solar somewhere for for an individual family dwelling, right? So a family of four, mm -hmm. what have you. Um, they can do that. They can make that happen. Now the increase in the expense for that house. I, just as a guesstimate, you know, probably around thirty, forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not in, it's not insignificant. No. But if you know you're making a, a any more, a lot of houses cost you know two hundred thousand dollars or more. If you're going to have like in, in a neighborhood suburbia kind of a situation, it's still it's still significant, but really it's not all that significant. Yeah. So. If you really wanted to affect change, you could do it in zoning and uh, regulations that way and say, all you guys making new houses, guess what? You got to build this in. And then what will happen if, if we're looking at the market, all those costs will come down because everybody's doing it, right? And then competition comes in. And, and so then you can get these things cheaper. And so then it pushes it down from 40000 to 25000 So it's... There's not, there's no mystery to solving the problem. The funny thing is, is that everybody doesn't, you know, we all read the news and follow the trends rather than say, take a moment and let's think yeah. about this. And how could you affect this if you really, in the systems that we currently have, if they really wanted to do something about it, yeah. um, you know, it's, it, does, it doesn't make sense to me because it, it would not be a hard change in, and yes, everybody would grumble and gripe at the moment, but guess what? If you moved into a house that uh, essentially sustained itself, uh, then you'd be like, this is the best thing ever. Sure. Right? If, if you were forced into that situation, you'd be like, yeah, you know, you'd hate it at the moment, but love it at the, at the other side. Uh, I know that then that gets into the power companies yeah. um, not getting their money and, <laughs> well, and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like it's not a, I know that's a simp simplification of sure. a solution, but the, the problem is it's it not is supposed solution. to be solved. Like it's not, right. they don't want to solve this issue. problem. They want a perpetual problem that is going to last forever. Right. And this one you they can want, stretch yeah. out forever. You, and, you know why? Because you need the government in your life to help exactly. you with those problems. The government is here to help. <laughs> we're, we're just your, your, your friendly Uncle, you know, that doesn't have any kids in the neighborhood. We're going to have you all right. over for dinner <laughs> a couple nights to one. Yeah. You know, the solar panel thing is weird because I'm I'm all for solar panels as long as you're not forcing them on me. And give me something that's sure. not going to, like, 
hurt my house because a lot of times you put these panels up on your roof and your right, roof yeah. gets trashed, your roof. you know, right. and it's, it doesn't help you sell the house. It actually hurts the resale value of right. the house. And, um, anytime the government forces something, you're always going to have problems. So, Sure. You know, sure. you get price but, controls, you get shortages. And and that's probably what you would end up running into with this. If you could have uh, the reason that we don't have solar panels on our house this is right now is because it's not economically feasible at this point. Like when it's right. when the market decides that this thing is ready, we're all going to know it because you're going to be able to buy a roof tile that looks exactly like the roof tile that you have right now. Mm-hmm. It all it's just going to charge, you know, charge your home. But then you run into another problem like so, for instance, I'm I was a, a lineman before I got hurt. I, I worked on power lines, and oh, uh, cool. variable energy is not easy for power lines. Like we need to have a a a, a stand. We need to know how much energy we're getting from each source at any given time. Otherwise, you can't really balance out the grid. Too much energy mm-hmm. is just as bad as not enough, and that's something that like solar doesn't do well. I know in California, I think. I could be wrong about the state, but I think it's California at this point. When I grew up in California, they were pushing everybody, hey, get these solar panels. You'll, you know, Mm -hmm. your house is going to charge itself and we'll buy it back from you. And then they had to stop that because there was just too much variability in the grid and they just couldn't handle it. So now I don't even think they're buying the power back anymore. And the whole, the whole promise was this, hey, we're going to give you a battery that's going to be good enough to sit in your in your garage, it'll, you know, store all the extra power that you don't use in your house throughout the day. And then you can down, uh, you know, dump it into your car and drive right, to work. Night, yeah. But those batteries have not came out yet. No, <laughs> not yet. I suppose they're working on that. Mm. But um, I'm sure they are. But the, yeah, it's interesting, though. Yeah, because the um, uh, I think the the hard part would be is is because they're also there's something coming now now that's uh solar windows so basically yeah. all your windows can generate bring it on clear. i love it um and yeah and so i think eventually the the wild thing i mean this is extrapolating eventually it'll all happen but the problem is they want to pace everything because they don't want it to happen too quickly because then there's volatility uh and then also let, then you start losing control and they don't um, want us energy then, independent either that's yeah true but uh, it would be neat to to see that you know just ecologically to 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 see that just because then you know you could uh, the potential is there it's not there yet but the potential would be there if you could generate your own power then not to have to have all the power lines strung and all yeah. that good kind of stuff yeah um, I'm a big nuclear bad, guy I think we should all resources. have yeah I think we should all have nuclear power plants at like my HOA we should have our own nuclear power plant essentially right. like it's not hard have to you do seen the, it's rocks the and water it's a fancy a steam one. engine <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like a yeah a sterling engine yeah. kind of a situation and like we should all the, have those um, at our houses by now or not at our houses the, but like in our neighborhoods like we should be like I, I think it would be so cool if when i bought my house here they could go they go hey look uh we don't we don't you we don't de- depend on on the city or the county for power we've got our own system here you can run a business out of your house. You can use as much energy as you want because we've got it all, you know, and, and that's something that they really don't want is like the individual entrepreneur to have like unlimited access to energy because right now they, you know, they can only go so far without 
you know, asking the government for help, essentially. You can only build it. Like, right. there's no, there's never going to be another Amazon who emerges as, like, a, a leader in some field without government saying that it's okay. Because, right. they, you know, they've got these ESG is is the new thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's always fun to check a company's ESG score because the ones who you would think have good ones do not. And the ones that have the best are just the, the worst countries, you know, or, or the worst corporations in the world. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you're an entrepreneur and let's say you're a contractor and you want to build, you know, skyscrapers in New York City, good luck getting the money to do that without without the the right ESG score. It's just not going to happen, right. you know? Yeah. It, well, that and then, you, you know, uh, power corrupts. So yeah. anytime you hand power to anybody, the, there's a certain amount of corruption uh, in all of it. Um, just comes with the territory just because that's just the way it goes. I mean, that's uh, what happens once somebody gets a, a little taste of it and they're like, I want more or I want to, control this or control that and it gets out of it gets out of control um with all that happening so yeah uh, it's, it's interesting so let's switch gears Wild here it's interesting oh sure Go oh, i was gonna say let's switch gears here what do you think about the ufo hearings that the government's doing right now oh, the, because, because that could be our energy you know if, if they really do right. have these machines who knows what um, type of power source they have and there's your answer if you really want to you know keep the keep the temperature at what it is right now and that right exactly. you know um I, i'm a little i'm a little bit torn on this uh situation because of uh um but i think as far as what's happening if you talk about the government hearings it's it, again it's more uh controlling the message uh, situation i think so they don't um so it, it, essentially, it's just like, so we went from UFO to UAP. Yeah. UA, no one said UAP until the government said UAP because they want to control the language. Yep. And then controlling the language is controlling the message. Yep. And so, yeah, I think the hearings are all about that. So um, I think that that's essentially all that is, is to is in some way to control things. Now, I've talked to people uh, about this and, you know, there's kind of a, Obviously, there's many different sides, but one side is that there are no UFOs. It's all government-built machinery yeah. that we just don't get to hear about yet. Um, and then there, the other side is that there are, uh, and these aren't have any relation to the government, and the government's scared of them. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's somewhere in between. I could believe either is. of those options. Yeah, I, I think it's somewhere. <laughs> I think there are things. So um, I just read uh, something recently. Um, about a craft that the, you know, that Air Force has or whatever, get anywhere in the world in two hours. Wow. Right? So that is, uh, so because basically it goes up into space uh, and then travels uh, with the, uh, with the uh, rotation of the Earth so that that way you can pretty much get anywhere. So you just go straight up into the uh, upper atmosphere where it's thin and just drop and down go faster. There's nothing in the way. And then you just drop down. Yeah. That's kind of so, like what Elon wants to do with SpaceX. I've read. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, by understanding it's uh, I've known about this, I read about this probably gosh, more than 20 years ago. There's a project called Aurora, which yeah. is a 
ship that does goes up into the atmosphere and comes back down and, and it, its claim was to be anywhere in the world in less than 24 hours. So now they've got it down to two hours. Man. But um, the uh, uh, but as far as, you know, the things that you you see that don't have propulsion or anything, then I don't know. That's a good question. I'm I'm of the the thought that they're not governmental uh, ships. I, I think those other ones are. I don't think that we have anti-gravity in any form that can move, uh, you know, anything that's that large. So let's say as, as large or larger than like a 747. Yeah. I think they do have smaller anti-gravity things um, and so forth, but I don't think they have larger ones. And so, you know, there's sometimes you, if you read um, about them, you know, there's things that are, they say, I saw this thing as big as a football field. I saw yeah. this thing as a mile wide. I don't think that's the government. I think that's something else. Um, but probably all the smaller stuff is probably, you know, governmental. Um, but uh, yeah, anything bigger than that. Now, interestingly enough, I've got a story for you, a UFO story. Oh, good. Um, I love it. I, uh, <laughs> in 2005, uh, I was outside in the afternoon about this time, about four o'clock in the afternoon in May. So it was actually still light outside. Yeah. It wasn't getting dark. Uh, and it was, you know, like broad daylight for all, you know, intents and purposes. And I had a sphere fly over my house uh, of a UFO, a sphere. I saw the I saw it coming at us and then I saw it leaving us. So it wasn't uh, cool. the nose cone of a plane or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It was at altitude. It went. It went in and out of the clouds. Uh, you could see the clouds go in front of it and go behind it, and um, it probably lasted about twenty seconds. Uh, I watched it basically go from uh, one point on my visual field all the way to the other, and uh, it was wild. I mean, nothing happened. No one, you know, beamed yeah. any thoughts into my head or anything. As far um, as you know. I was, uh, no, well, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, it just went over and I was like kind of flabbergasted. The weird thing, I was outside <clears throat> playing with my kids when they were little, they didn't see it or anything because they were just like tiny. And um, and I just watched this thing. It was the most bizarre uh, situation. Cool. And uh, so, you know, I talked to some folks about it and they're all like, oh, you're that was a jet. It was a this. It was a that. I'm like, no, it was it was a ball. And my guess was, you know, it's hard to gauge things. I'm not a, a pilot yeah. or uh, anything. I've only, you know, just like a regular person seeing stuff in the air. It probably was four times or or larger the size of the front end of a of a jet. Like Wow. A so it was big. <clears throat> it was big. Wow. Yeah, it was it was very large. I mean, it was it was large enough, you know. It, whenever you look at uh, planes that are flying up in the clouds, you can see them, but they're not super big. So it was it was larger than that, and um, you know, kind of a straight line from uh, southeast to northwest. Uh, and I just so happened to be, you know, kind of over where I lived at the time, and um, and so yeah, I was like, so I'm like, I started doubting myself a little bit, and I happened to look up. Uh, um uh, uh at the time it was a call a site called ufo maps and sure enough somebody in the next town saw the same thing oh, wow, going the same cool. direction at the same time so then i got confirmation that because i don't know who this person yeah, yeah. was i don't 
have no connection to them at all. They just happen to uh, either go to MUFON or one of those yeah, yeah. places and talk. I didn't talk to anybody other than uh, friends or whatever. And yeah, so what happened? So I'm, and this was, like I said, 2005. Um, and at that point in time, um, I, I was really puzzled because I don't remember uh, at the time, at least ever hearing about a spherical UFO. I mean, maybe there were stories or something, but I had never yeah. encountered it. And when I did searches and so forth, I didn't turn up very much. Um, most of the time, people talk about saucers. Yeah. They talk about like a cigar shape. They talk about, um, you know, triangles and all this kind of stuff. This was a literally looked like a big metal ball uh, up in the sky. Wow. And that's and so cool because there's and, no aerodynamics to that at all. Right. Exactly. It, it doesn't like, make sense. Why right? would anybody ever design something like that with the technology yeah. that we have? It makes no sense. No sense. Exactly. And how would you, you wouldn't land because it just, it would, how could you control no it? Spot. There's no fins. There's no, you right. know, like there's no, there's no nothing. It's not traveling yeah, through just, the air, I guess it's traveling through no. space. Space. Yeah. Weird. So yeah, that was the, the weirdest thing. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, so I had that experience. So having had that experience now, you know, coming through all these years and I, obviously the other part of it is I've always had an interest. So even as a kid, I was, you know, watching anything I could, you know, back in the, uh, in the eighties and nineties and so forth, there, there wasn't as much content as there is now. Yeah. Um, but I watched stuff back then and then, you know, I have people like, well, you saw it because you wanted to see it, you know? And I'm like, well, if I wanted to see it, don't you think I would have manifested this idea, you know, 20 years ago when I was yeah. younger? And apparently and you're manifesting something that other people can see as well. Right. Exactly. And, That's a cool and, trick. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll take yeah, that. Exactly. Who I don't even know. Right. right? Who I'm, I'm no familiarity with at all cool um so yeah i'm like and i haven't seen anything since so i don't think that really flies but yeah. a lot of people love to say that to you um but that's where the divide comes so you know if it's that's why i think if it's um if it's something larger i think we haven't seen you know there's nothing typically as uh, things progress right yeah. uh, technology you get glimpses like i've always said you know uh, Discovery Channel is showing uh, stuff from 25 years ago as the latest and greatest, right? So if you, you they're telling you it's the latest and greatest, it's probably at least 25 years old yeah. uh, on television. Wow. And so we haven't got anything iteratively that comes to this uh, point, even 25 years, because it's been now almost 20 years since I saw this, and we still don't have anything iteratively that would be like it. Crazy. Um, and so I think that's where that's where I come in the middle there is that you can kind of see the progression of technology if you're paying attention to, um, you know, what's what they're working on. They're showing you now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to project into the future. Cool. Um, but I think the things that you don't see are things that probably are. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're aliens necessarily, but they are technology that's not being created by uh, uh, our government or any others. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, you would think um, if some other government had it, uh, they would probably utilize it a little bit more. Yeah, um, I, I personally yeah, think it's corner. probably more likely that it's a breakaway civilization than it's aliens. Like, yeah, it could be. You know, who knows how long they're, they're, you know, could just be this breakaway group. 
yeah, man, that's cool as shit. I, I've only, I've never seen a UFO before. I've seen like a, a crazy light in the sky once, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not comfortable to say what it was. So it's just kind of a light. But when I was, right. I was a kid in the early ni- mid nineties, probably we were out at, at uh, Lake Almanor in Northern California, which is right by Lake Shasta, which is, you know, one of the weirdest places on earth. Like, right. Yeah. Mount Shasta oh, is supposed to be really wild. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're out on the lake one day and a jet military jet breaks the sound barrier right over our heads. And at the time I didn't realize how strange that was. And my dad knows a lot about jets and he saw it. I didn't see it. I kind of like jumped in the water or something because it was just (laughs) crazy, you know? And he Mm -hmm. said it was like nothing he'd ever seen, but he said it was a jet. Like, but he goes, this is nothing I'd ever seen before. And he said that it didn't have any like gear under it. So to me, it sounds like mm-hmm. we saw a Raptor, an F-22. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. But the weird thing is, is that it broke the sound barrier. And what the hell was it doing breaking the sound barrier over a public lake? Like, that is so crazy illegal that there right. must have been a good reason for it. So I, I always thought that was strange. But That's, in, that's interesting. I, um, I, I didn't see anything, but uh, I was... Uh, in the like uh, late nineties, I was at work and I think I was coming back from lunch or something. And uh, we were walking into the building and uh, we heard what sounded like somebody breaking the sound barrier. It's got a certain really weird uh, kind of, you know, way it happens. And we're like, Oh my gosh, what was that? Cause it sounded like, you know, the, the whole world was, you know, breaking up at that moment. You feel it. And uh, yeah, you feel it. And I mean, it's just, and you're looking around and it wasn't, we didn't see anything, but we just heard it. And uh, I live in St. Louis and yeah. so this was in St. Louis city, which uh, that should not be happening anywhere near uh, St. Louis city. So, oh. um, but yeah. And then they said uh, it, later, like a few days later, the news reported that it was um, a foundry. Get this is the weirdest explanation. Uh, so there's a foundry across the river in Granite City, Illinois, right across from St. Louis. A, found, a foundry had um, basically uh, water poured on the molten metal that then, you know, uh, made that sound. So accidentally somebody they had all this molten metal i guess <laughs> ready Whoa. to go because they're making they're making iron or what have you and it got drenched like quickly and that made that sound because then i mean people died or something supposedly I wow don't know. but that's what made the sound they oh, said so it's just a big I, explosion yeah essentially yeah it was like an explosion at, at the at the uh uh factory there but I mean, I'm like, really? I mean, that because I mean, we're like, you know, probably 25 or 30 miles from this thing. It didn't make any sense to me. And I don't know that there was like, to me, that sounds like there'd be devastation. Like, essentially, it would shut down that part of it for like years, potentially, while they went through a whole thing. But it, it's been up and running. Wow. Uh, That's you know, since strange. Then. So I think they were just trying to come up with an explanation as to why this happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that it was anything um, like a UFO or anything. I think it was that military did this and then they had to cover it up somehow. Yeah. And maybe it was an accident. Uh, Maybe it wasn't, you know, the last time I, the last time I heard anything, you know, of any like 
jet breaking the sound barrier over the continental United States was was 9-11 when they are, there was fighter jets mm-hmm. buzzing all right. around and people were hearing, right. you know, sonic booms all over the place. But for the most part, yeah. they they do not do that. Like, it's very illegal. Yeah. I know it, it yeah. like, in San Francisco, uh, I lived in San Francisco for a while. We did Fleet Week every every year oh, there, yeah. and they would bring in the, the Blue Angels. And you, you don't break the barrier there. Oh, boy, you do not break the barrier there. Like, there would be so much damage. If you broke the barrier right over that city, it would be nuts. Oh yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but the um, back to the UFO thing. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, they they fly faster than that, but they don't break the sound barrier. Yeah, because that's not because they're not um, they're, traveling through they're the air. Compressing. Yeah, they're not compressing the air in the same way that uh, planes do, and so forth. Um, and so, yeah, that just becomes a whole other thing. The, um, the interesting thing to me on all that is um, I don't know if you've seen anything about Bob Lazar. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a so there was a, a documentary about him. He's been basically talking about this since the '90s when when he kind of outed Area 51. Yeah. In the uh, early '90s, and uh, he mentioned in, back then Element 115, right, which was uh, called uh, Moscovium, and now I think it's Ultimate Alpentant. Uh, I can't remember. Pentium yeah, I, I don't remember something. either. Um, but anyway, uh, and now that's come out. Now, what thirty years later, they're like, oh yeah, well, there's an element one fifteen. Yeah. And and when he was saying it, there wasn't. And he said, oh yeah, they've run on element one fifteen, which didn't exist on the periodic table. And now, lo and behold, twenty years later, thirty years later, um, there is an element one fifteen, but it's very, it's never in a stable state they've been able to have it but then it's it destabilizes almost immediately and uh so forth but he was talking about it uh all those years ago and it's his his story is so interesting because it's been fairly consistent and he's been um hassled by the government ever since yeah. in, in small ways like over time and the weird thing was even at the time he came out with it he said the reason I'm telling everybody this is cuz I'm afraid I'm going to get killed because if i don't talk then they'll just kill me and if i do talk then it looks suspicious if they do kill me and uh since then he's been you know kind of hassled and stuff like that yeah and you know what's always weirded me out about element 115 is it takes our largest particle accelerators to make tiny tiny little bits of it that disappear right. immediately so like what kind of machine is needed to make a a bowling ball of stable form of this stuff like there must be so much energy involved that it's crazy oh yeah like and i'm a big like i'm a, i've always been a big space guy so like the fermi paradox is it, it weirds me out when when you see these these ufos i still call them ufos they're they're here. How are they here when there's, you know, no civilization anywhere around us? Unless, you know, they're able to hack into our stuff and kind of like make themselves disappear, which again, right. very possible. Like how hard would Could it be, be for somebody to make, you know, if you can make a, a a wormhole or a, you know, whatever you're doing to get over here, it wouldn't be that hard to hack into a couple of satellites that are that are looking at at um at our deal, but you know, who knows? I mean, space is infinite. These things could be further than we could see away. Like you could, if you've got wormholes or technology that you can move 
you know, faster than light, you can just go, oh, we're just going to go outside of their bubble of known space. Or, you know, then you've got the the ultra-terrestrial theory where, you know, maybe there was a, a split timeline at one point and they just live here in the same place as we do. We can't mm-hmm. see them. They can see us. You know, there's so yeah, much, or, there's so many weird options out there. Or maybe they're on a different plane of existence. Yeah, a different dimension. It just peeks through. So yeah. yeah. Um, I never used to believe I mean, in ghosts. And then I started, like, understanding multiple dimensions and... How's yeah. like that could kind of explain what's going on. And now that now, now I kind of believe in ghosts, which is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, well, I, the, the, I've always, you know, there's another one of these weird things, but I always tell people, I'm like, if you can believe in, and I just use this as an example, if you can believe in God, then you have to believe in ghosts and you have to believe in UFOs and you have to believe in Bigfoot and you have to believe in all these things that, that everyone calls people crazy about because you're doing, you're, you're going through the same paces as those people are. It's just a different subject. And, um, and people always get, some people get angry. They're like, of course I believe in God because you know, this and that and the other. And it's like, cause it's no different. You, you either have an experience and you believe your experience or you never had an experience and you just believe in it because it's what you uh, feel is the right for you. And so it's really no different. Um, but uh, I, I think it's funny when people get uh, aggravated because they're like, well, no, my my, you know, imaginary belief is better than your imaginary belief. Yeah. Uh, even though it, they're both you're both putting your trust in something that you may or may not have an experience with. So, you know, to me at this point, because I've seen something right, um, that's more real. Than, than other things because I it was you know uh, it was something that was really for me it was really there I mean I couldn't touch it but I could see it, it didn't yeah. make any sound but I could see it and I watched it and observed it um, for like I said about twenty seconds so it became real in that moment um, so yeah it's interesting but it goes to the same thing it's like if you experience something then chances are that that solidifies whatever your thoughts are. Um, but I've always said that, you know, if you look at, um, uh, if you look at time, so they always say time is not linear, yeah, right? Time is nonlinear. And so then uh, I think a lot of times I think um, if you've ever um, worked in uh, Photoshop or something like that, you have layers, right? So yeah. everything's layered that you can create. So if time's layered, then a ghost may be, be somebody from another time that slipped through the layer. Yeah. And now they're on the layer that you're on. And um, maybe because of, you know, things we don't understand yet, makes them look uh, translucent or something. Uh, and so really there's no, you know, then that, that becomes the ghost. The, the problem is not that it's happening. The problem is that we don't have a way to measure that and we don't have a way to replicate it. Um, but you know, maybe time's thinner in certain spots and things can slip through. I love it. Bob, I could talk to you for hours. Let's call it here. (laughs) We'll have you on again sometime. This was great. Thanks again, buddy. We'll, uh, see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Take care.